The following is a fourth-hand production. Radio. world of the inhuman experience a paranormal podcast where we explore the strange and unexplained coming to you from the mothership my name is bobby anthem alias dr frankenstein introducing to you direct from the uncanny valley he is lilith's favorite side piece my partner my ace my fellow inhuman bobby blades if you notice something that's a little different, if you notice a disturbance in the forest, then you are very perceptive. I am not available to take part in this one today, but you don't have to worry. Uh, it will be a conversation. Blades won't be talking to himself this time. Even though he can do that, he does that from time to time, and that's okay. We accept that. But we were joined today or bobby blades was joined today by our friend and yours jeff Lippman from the garden of doom they get into a lot actually man they get into a whole lot man this is this one is chock full of action-packed action uh, they get into lilith uh they talk about aliens uh the holy bible uh jormungandr comes into play uh, they talk about giants, Lemuria, Atlantis, the Great Flood, Pyramids, Stonehenge, Satan. Uh, Elon Musk is even brought up in this one. And a whole lot of other things that I wish I could have been around to talk about. But unfortunately, life won't stop lifing. So, you know. Um, but they got it covered, man. They got this covered. Uh, they, they get into a whole lot. And trust me, you won't be disappointed. Uh, you will notice um, something a little strange with the audio, and don't worry about that, man. I know you're probably going to say, when, when are the Inhumans ever going to not have audio issues? Well, we don't have audio issues. I know it sounds like Jeff is communicating with Blades through a spirit box, but that's not what's happening. Uh, in actuality, what happened is uh, Blades was attempting to play the elevator game, and he always has to do things his own way, so he actually played the escalator game instead. So he ended up um, with, with a demon attached to him, and you're going to hear that in the audio. Um, don't worry, it's, it's just a baby demon, so you know it's, it's nothing to nothing to worry too much about. Uh, it's a cute little cute little baby demon, uh, but once it hits puberty, that's going to become a problem. So we're going to have to get that taken care of. So you are going to hear something a little funky with the audio. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, don't worry about that, man. It's not a permanent thing, man. We are still the Inhumans, so if nothing, and this is still the Uncanny Valley, so, you know, things are always going to be a little bit off. But, you know, the boys power through, they get through it, and it really is an interesting conversation. Um, so I'm not going to hold you up anymore, man. I don't have too much more that's interesting to say. Uh, Blaze does have a couple of announcements to make. So listen for that. And uh, without much further ado, um, let's go ahead and get into this.
Hey guys, I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. We are the host of Hillbilly Horror Stories. What we do every week is we tell you mostly paranormal stories, and then we throw in a couple of uh, unsolved mysteries, maybe a little bit of true crime if it's creepy enough. And the beauty of this is that Tracy doesn't know the show, correct? This is correct. Never do. So then what happens when you don't know the show? I'm just as surprised as anybody else is. And that's the beauty of what our show is. We basically get the same reactions out of Tracy as what the listener at home is getting. And I think that's been a success to our show so far. Yeah, I think it works. We also use our show to promote mental health awareness and suicide awareness every show. So we get the added bonus of trying to help people out while you get to listen to paranormal shows. Amen. And that's what's important to us. So please subscribe to Hillbilly Horror Stories wherever you listen to your other podcasts. All right, and welcome back, everyone. This is a very special episode of the Inhuman Experience podcast. It's kind of a crossover episode. I've got my boy Jeff here from Garden of Doom. What is going on, Mr. Blades? Yeah, the, the Garden of Doom seems to be experiencing the inhuman ways very frequently. So... You're missing a partner, I'm missing a partner, so together we're, I guess we're doing a, uh, a partner swap kind of thing. Um, <laughs> <It's a> swingers? <laughs> swingers, right, pod swingers. It's yeah, a new thing. Um, yeah, crossover event probably sounds better, um, more, more PG. Um, yeah, there's nothing untoward going on here. Yeah, we've got a lot of uh, things to talk about tonight. Uh, Jeff did a lot of the footwork on coming up with uh, topics, which, you, as you know, is kind of a, a staple of the Inhumans where, you know, we do very little research. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's what's going on right there. So Jeff is going to be taking us through many different topics, and I will be throwing my input around as much as possible, as best I can with what very little knowledge that I do have on the subject. And uh, before we go any further, I do have a couple of special announcements and you guys might not be too happy about it, but you know, it is what it is. And so um, this episode right here is going to be our season finale. We are taking a little break for a while. Um, so we're ending this season, which is something that we have never done in the two years that this show has been going. But uh, yeah, the life is happening. There's a lot going on. And so we're going to step back and take a little break for a bit, but we will be back. And uh, one thing that for some reason, a lot of people seem to jump to conclusions that Bobby Anthem and myself there is some beef between us, and I'm here to clear the air that no, there is in fact no beef between us. We are still working together. We are working on a lot of music. We are doing many things. We text each other every single day. So uh, just because we're going on break does not mean that we are going to stop talking to one another. And so, yeah, those were the two major announcements that I've had to make. We hope you guys stick with us for when we do return. Well, I know I will. And what a relief. Um, but to the audience, I, I'm hearing this at the same time you are. I didn't know that there was even a rumor of a beef between the two of you. And and I, you know, communicate with both of you fairly frequently. So uh, I never thought that there was, but I'm glad to hear that there isn't. But 
I know the podcast world is is sort of full of drama, but yeah, I know both you guys have lots of other projects going on and all sorts of exciting things. Hopefully most of them are good, but the world's a little cray cray now. And, uh, you know, if you need to take a break, that that's okay. But both you and Bobby always have a room as a guest on the Garden of Doom. And, and if either of you ever want to do a podcast and need a guest, uh, I will try to make myself available if you've got the itch to put something out on your brand. So, um, you know, we're, we're, even though the Garden of Doom is essentially a, a place of abnormality and one can say malfeasance, uh, we, we, do, uh, we do respect games. So game respect game and uh, we, we help our, our inhumans who we consider to be kindred uh, evil malevolent uh, forces in the world. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. Truly appreciate it. I don't know. It seems that um, in, uh, in the early days when we had, like around 2018, when we first kind of kicked it up, we were putting out episodes and then we would lose a bit of steam because Bobby was moving in the process of moving. And, you know, there was just a lot of stuff going on. And so people, we wouldn't put out episodes. And for a while, people would say, oh, man, maybe they're beefing. And so we always have to preface things now, like we are not fighting. We are, you know, it's time to take a little break. We've got to step back a bit. Um, but yeah, we are definitely down to do guest spots when we have an availability. And, uh, you know, if we do put out some special shows in the interim, then we will definitely look towards our friends at Garden of Doom. Well, I like how you put it as a season finale. That that means it's like sort of formal and, and planned. So that's really exciting. And, and I'm really look, looking forward to the season premiere. And I can't wait for the season premiere when you again lie and say that you did no prep work and no research and that you don't know things because I've been listening for a while and you guys almost always have a particular topic. What One of the differences between inhuman experience in Garden of Doom, and then there's a few, but one of the big ones is, is that you guys definitely usually do a deep dive into something. We sometimes do, sometimes we'll do sort of too many deep dives, but just as often as not, we're talking about, you know, a bunch of different things or, you know, just sort of doing quick hits, uh, you know, a five minute segment here, a seven minute segment there. Uh, but you guys might do a, a, a whole show on, on the, uh, Anunnaki or or the uh, what was it the the Dubuk box um, and uh, you know uh, you know werewolves uh, or any number of things um, and you definitely seem to either do your research or you're both encyclopedias so um, you know of of a malevolent sort of course I mean otherwise why would I be here. See, the trick is to always keep the shows at maybe 35 to 40 minutes so they don't know how much, um, you know, how much you're BSing oh. and how much you've actually done the research for. Well, now you told me. I've already set the audience up for our 75-minute show. Mm -hmm. so, sometimes we go longer now. I, I you know, I too ha had to do a couple of solo shows, and I wonder if people are wondering if, if we're beefing. Well, w w Sean and I are not beefing either, <laughs> just in case anybody was interested. Not not in the least. In fact, we recorded a show together, actually, also with me, Kevin Castle, on Sunday, and, and hopefully it'll be dropping at any moment. Um, but uh, there were two weeks where I, you know, Shah had uh, his uh, 
art auction event which he was planning for for a while and had to travel for and it was going on over the weekend so he was not available and then there was another weekend where where, where there's some other you know it's thanksgiving weekend then there was some other stuff going on uh he had um, family obligations uh you know they were being safe because of covid but still they were doing like a, a zoom thanksgiving and all that and uh i didn't i didn't have those kinds of obligations so um I decided that I want to drop shows. I learned how to record solo. Uh, my, um, actually, my girlfriend is better than I am, but she also can, you know, edit and drop the, the the intro in and whatnot. So I did a couple of solo shows. So one of them, the long and the short version of the what I just said, long is that one of the shows was basically exactly our normal seventy-five, but one of them was only an hour because I forgot where the timer was. And I literally thought I was talking for two hours. And I saw it was only one hour, and I'm like, ah, good enough. I'm not putting else, anything else in there. Um, but uh, here we are. We're both be free with our, our normal po- uh, podcast partners. But there is a lot of stuff going on. And I know that, uh, you know, I hit you up just out of, out of nowhere, just figuring that if, if I could talk to anyone about this, it would be you guys. And I had known this before, but. I don't know. I just figured, you know, things pop, you know, in in my mind, which is one of the reasons why I do my show and why we're kindred spirits. But I had noticed that the names of the first humans in Norse mythology started with an A and E, just like, you know, uh, Judeo-Christian, you know, people of the book, you know, Adam and Eve. And it was Asker and Embla, I think, E-M-B-L-A. and I just thought that that was just like a really strange coincidence. And then I looked a little bit further and I, and I looked into the story of Eve having children that we're not supposed to know about because she either, she didn't wash them and she kept it from God or something. And they're like called the lost children. Uh, and there was like sort of like a similar theme in Norse mythology that they were the, the, the lost ones. And that, of course, started me down a rabbit hole. But instead of going down my normal rabbit holes, I said, huh, I wonder if the Inhumans have any thoughts about this. I didn't know about that. Of course, many American children will probably know the story of Adam and Eve. Not all, but a great deal. Um, but yeah, not, not the Norse. And uh, didn't even know that they had the first humans in the, any of their lore, so that's pretty interesting. But I, I did not hear about the uh, the hidden children that were not washed or something, <laughs> the unwashed children. That that's news to me right there. Yeah, it's it's so weird because I had never heard that before, and there were, there were other things that I hadn't heard either, like that, like Adam maybe had a a, a first wife, Lilith. Ah, <laughs> yes, I did hear about that one. Which you know. I mean, there's a lot of things in the first few pages of Genesis, which I really have a lot of trouble with. Um, you know, you know, one, one of which, you know, I mean, in and of itself, it's a, it's, it's a little bit odd. But of course, my obsession with the Nephilim basically comes from, you know, two mentions in, in the first two pages. But like, if they're the first two people, how, did he, how does he have an ex-wife? Yeah. Apparently... The story that I heard, I don't know if it... It might have come from a movie, actually. 
the story that I heard was that she would not submit to him. So she was flawed and God said, you know, I'll make you another wife <laughs> and kind of banished her from the garden and uh, created Eve because uh, he, in the, uh, upon making the first woman for him, Lilith, did not make Lilith from Adam's rib or from his body, kind of created her from the, from the ground as well or the, the clay, whatever it was. Um, and so therefore... So she was a hot golem? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so she's also referred to as like the mother of monsters and that kind of thing. But again, I'm going into like stuff from TV shows and movies and stuff like that. So I don't know how much of this is based in reality. But from the story that I've heard, yeah, she was formed from the ground just as Adam was and so they each had their own unique personalities and then she kind of went off on her own she had her own opinions about everything you know how women are they have their own opinions about stuff I love women's opinions uh, but anyway she wouldn't submit to Adam and therefore God said I'll make you another and he created another from Adam's rib and I guess Eve was the one who submitted to him. So with Lilith, did he like, you know, sort of eviscerate her into Stardust or did he just like ban her from, from the Garden of Eden? Because I have a follow-up to that if you, if you know the answer. Mm, I don't know the answer to that. That's where it gets a little iffy because like I said that um, in some of the stories and whatnot she is known as the mother of monsters and uh, let's see, going back to what I can remember from researching the left-hand path, uh, Samael and Lilith are supposed to be the, the lovers, or my goodness, I'm probably destroying this because my memory is really bad. Well, well, you, know, you don't remember your days from divinity school? <laughs> divinity school, yeah. black divinity school, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's diagrams on the internet where if you look, you see uh, the pentagram and the the upright one is, no, sorry, I had that backwards. <laughs> All right, the goat's head one, it's got uh, Samael on the top and Lilith on the bottom. It's kind of an engraving and it's it's the Baphomet head. And that's supposed to represent the duality of man and woman the like the actual man and woman because it doesn't makes no mention of Adam and Eve. So are which, Samael and Lilith like the first evil couple? I don't even know if I'd consider them evil. Or a couple. Yeah. I everything gets so convoluted. I mean we're talking probably thousands and thousands of years of things that go on. Sure. And I, you know, the, a little side digression, which is also one of my specialties, is that I know a very religious, you know, Orthodox, Hasidic Jewish guy. Uh, I went to college with him, and he, you know, he was, you know, just, I don't want to say normal, that's the wrong word, but he was, you know, religious but secular, you know, didn't wear a yarmulke, you know, I, I you know, I wouldn't have known that he was particularly religious. I don't remember him as being particularly religious or any, anything of that nature. I went to Emory, so the, you know, certainly not unusual for there to be, you know, uh, a lot of Jewish folks there. And 
Um, but he got really religious afterwards. So as it turns out, he was from Baltimore. I wasn't, but I ended up settling in Baltimore. So we're, we're friends on Facebook and stuff like that. I reached out to him and I'm like, hey, do, do you know like some Talmudical scholar or some you know Old Testament scholar, you know, a, a rabbi or even a student or someone who can talk to me about the Nephilim and, and the book, you know, Dead Sea Scrolls and Enoch and whatever? He's like, no, I don't think I know anybody like that. Like what? <laughs> like, so that was that was a stereotype breaker right there. Um, so it's hard to get some of this information, and it's also hard to get people to, to talk, even though you know they they supposedly have expertise. Uh, maybe because the expertise, you know, it, it, it's sort of subject to interpretation. I guess they don't want to get into any sort of controversy or whatnot but the other thing that i was thinking of is this, is this lilith and samuel thing sort of helps me as did the 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 unwashed the hidden children who i guess were maybe sent to the same place as lilith because if if you follow uh the old testament a little bit further we get to cain and abel who are people as far as i can tell three and four and you know uh well you know cain famously kills Abel, Mark of Cain, all that. And then Cain is banished to a land of Nod. So there's plot hole number, you know, something or other. But for this anecdote or this digression, it's, it's plot hole number one that there's a land called Nod when there's only four people and now three. I mean, why do you need to have, you have Eden? Why, why have another land and why, why did it have a name? But he was banished to live among the goat herders, which I presume they were human goat herders. So if you've got people one, two, three, and four, who are these goat herders? Where'd they come from? You know, who made them? So maybe it was these lost children, or maybe it was a uh, uh, Samuel and Lilith decide to take up um, goat herding. Um, so I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that is pretty interesting because they make no mention in the, in the book of Genesis or where the creation story of any other people aside from Adam, Eve, and the two children, right? Right, and then, well, and then the, you know, you have the archangel that comes down to guard, uh, guard Eden with the fire sword. And then you have the, um, you know, the Nephilim who either were other angels or fallen angels, depending on who you listen to, or they were the offspring of angels, but the, the, the Nephilim, you know, uh, bred with the daughters of Adam. So I guess there were other, uh, you know, daughters named. I, I'm not as that expert on that. And, uh, you know, created um, this race of, you know, uh, people with uh, angel blood or giant blood. Now, the, the giants were, were there simultaneously. So the order to me is not exactly clear. And I think it also depends on the interpretation. Um, I don't expect you to be able to clear that up, but if you can chime in, otherwise I'll, I'll try to take us back to the Norse. Yeah, I I know nothing more about that. I think we'd have to get a theologist on the call and have them bring it up because they might know a little bit more, or you know they might be just as stumped as we are. But you would think that if they're studying all this, then they would know like what's the reason why no other people are mentioned in the story and where did these people come from 
Well, if there are any scholars or students or, you know, anybody who thinks they have expertise in this, feel free to hit me up. Uh, Garden of Doom has a Facebook page or my Twitter is IcarusFellMD. Um, I'm happy to talk to any and all of you and hear all your different interpretations. And, and you can relay your version of these or related stories uh, and you know, let the audience decide. I, you know, I'm, I'm interested in all of them and I'm really interested in the commonalities, but also if we can reconcile the differences. But going back to Norse, it's really interesting because when I brought up Lilith, I, I had no idea about the, that she was made of the, the natural ground because Asker, uh, who I've also seen as just plain Ask, but I, I'm pretty sure there's an R at the end there, and Embla were made from pieces of driftwood. And so there's also two versions of this story that I came across. They both involve Odin. One involves his two brothers, who I've forgotten their names. The other involved Odin with two other characters who I assume to be also gods, but they're of lesser importance and don't seem to be named very much. But I think one of the brothers' name is Vile, um, or Vili. Anyway, Odin said, huh, look at that driftwood. I think I'm going to make some creatures that look like us. And so they he made the shape of a man and a woman. But they were just basically, you know, wood reformed in like Pinocchio into a real boy, but without any sentience. So the other two added, you know, a sort of personality and then mobility and, and the other traits that make humans humans. Uh, so Odin, you know, uh, as was wont to do, sort of did half a job and kept moving off along. Uh, so the other two finished it up. Um, but they also came out of sort of raw materials. Now, a lot of the, the Norse... And, and by the way, it's not just Norse. It's also the Northern Germans and the Frisians and even a lot of the, uh, uh, well, what, what we now call UK uh, mythology and, and Icelandic, uh, you know, it's all the same uh, or similar anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, so a lot of it involves the sea. So I guess that's why driftwood is important. Um, but wood also plays, you know, you've got Idrisel, the, the tree of life and you know, Norse is by no means the only uh, folklore or tradition or mythology or religion that has sort of a tree of life sort of at its center. You know, there's Gaia as well. Um, but yeah, Did that the was. Greeks that. have the tree of life? Uh, I'm trying to remember something that had also had like the world tree uh, or the tree that was the tree that held up the world. What the hell is it? Am I thinking, am I getting things mixed up? I, well, there's so many that it's it's almost hard not to. But you might be thinking of Shannara, the the like the the the, the like the, the sort of like Lord of the Rings books, but they mm, apparently took no, place after a nuclear so. apocalypse, like but like you know thousands of years later, and the world. Well, one thing I'm thinking of is like Atlas uh, holding up the world. Sure. Um, and I think I was, if I remember right, because this, like I said, I'm going back a couple of decades here. But I heard it uh, being referred to as actually it's not um, it's not a titan or a person. It's actually a tree that is kind of holding the world together or holding the world up, you know, on its axis. So that that's like another thing. And I can't remember if it was Atlas or if it was something else. Well, it wouldn't be Atlas because Atlas was a titan. But there's, I think, the only titan that was left alive because that... Uh, 
job I think was too boring for I think it was Hercules um, but uh, the there's also and, and I can hopefully you remember but there's a religion or a tradition or a story where the earth is sort of floating around on the back of a giant turtle ah yes actually our buddy Nathan Mondor was talking about that about uh, in the episode the people that were lowered where he talks about the turtle North America shaped like the back of a turtle or something like that um, it, w- it was really interesting now if that turtle gets flipped over and falls on the back of its shell does it squash the earth and and it can't get back up this, that's like two problems wait does that confirm the flat earth I mean is a turtle really flat their shell I mean it's flattish but it, I mean it's still got curvature to it so yeah they're kind of round yeah not, they're kind of round, fully round and, and I, I believe the earth is still a ball on top of the you know a sphere on top of the turtle shell so no it, you know it's not like a pizza on top of the turtle shell it's a it's like a globe on top of the turtle shell so no just just our method of of um I guess uh, orbit is is different you know where you know it, it's not gravity or or uh, inertia or centrifugal or centrifugal force or any of those great things it's just uh, it's scanera it's a giant space turtle an old wine cabinet said to be possessed by a demon which invokes nightmares and physical harm an island full of giant rabbits said to appear once every seven years off the coast of Ireland. A rural family that in the dead of winter walked one by one into their barn, but never walked out. The world is full of fascinating mysteries, and the Blurry Photos podcast sheds light on the darkest corners of the unknown. With a new storytelling-focused format, Blurry Photos brings legends to life and examines if there's any fact behind the supposed fictions. Join me, David Flora, as I explore the unexplained and explain the unexplored on the Blurry Photos podcast. Welcome, Beyonders. get to this weird place. Who are these two crazy guys and what is going on? Beyond Terrestrial, or BT for short, is a podcast dedicated to the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. Hosted by Dan Martson and Lee Ariat, two guys who discovered late night radio shows like Coast to Coast while working the night shift and stumbled into a world of fantastic tales and local legends. We share these stories with our dedicated fans we lovingly call Beyonders every other Tuesday. Join me and Lee as we take a mysterious journey into obscure local tales and spin up some hot takes on the supernatural stories we all know and love. Two words. Interdimensional Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Uh, going back to a little bit of the Norse, the Ouroboros, the the snake that eats itself. Like, uh, isn't Ragnarok supposed to start when the snake 
stops eating itself or starts eating itself. See, that's another thing that I really can't recall, but I know it's one of the two. There's a, well, it has to stop, but there's a, there's a lot of things that start Ragnarok. There's like a whole series of them. And a lot of the stories are about, you know, Thor basically taking upon himself to try and stop them and, and either accelerating them or, or, stopping one but allowing three more to occur there's rock rock is basically inevitable so there's like a whole series of different trip wires it's it's like booby trapped if you if you if you deactivate one of the bombs uh, it sets off a, a counter alarm it's like the best jewelry uh, museum ever with all the different alarm systems so but yeah the the snake you know surrounds the world it's so big and and but of course thor is still going one on one with it and uh, sort of battle to a standstill at the end of Ragnarok but uh, i mean a lot of it has to do with loki's son who is a wolf named fenmir or fenmir and ah, so, fenmir yes so, so it, it's it, actually loki was supposed to kill fenmir but he decided now i'll just let fenmir go go into the wild instead. I mean, sort of like a lot of the, the gods lost his hand trying to uh, trick, trying to trick Fenrir. Yes, indeed. I, I think I think that was Baldar the Brave. Okay. Um, and sometimes Baldar the Bright. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the Greek stories also sort of start with you know, I'm gonna try and uh, kill my son, but in but you know, instead of doing it myself, I'll have you know this palace guard do it, and they say, no, nah, I'll just leave it in the woods. I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna smash it myself, but the wolves will get it, the jackals get it, and uh, you know, yeah. instead instead the wolves raise it or raise uh, you know, or some kindly shepherd finds it, and next you know it's Jason and the Argonauts, or it's. You know, Oedipus, you know, sleeping with his mother and killing his father. That's intensely strange. Yeah. Well, you also have the same thing with Sargon in, in, in uh, well, pre-Babylonian and, well, frankly, Moses. I mean, the, the same thing. You know, sort of, you know, go child. You know, you, you're, you're better off on your own or, uh, you know, I'll put you in the wild, see how it goes. Um, so a lot, a lot of... Uh, Actually, I mean, that, and the, the first Abrahamic test, right? The, you know, sacrifice Jacob, or was it oh, Isaac? Yes. I, I want you to, I want you to kill your son at the altar, and um, he was ready to do it. And at the last minute, of course, God intervened and said, "Okay, you don't have to do it. You've proven yourself to me." Yeah, I mean, God does, you know, sort of like Ashton Kutcher in in Psych or in Punt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, you really thought I was gonna get you to kill your kid? Oh, you got punked. <laughs> yeah, really. When you put it that way, or when I put it that way, it makes you question some of these uh, these items. I, I understand they're supposed to be uh, parables, um, maybe. Um, but speaking of the gods, uh, have you think they've been calling us with these monoliths that have been appearing throughout the world? Now, I'm not too familiar with that, so you're going to have to enlighten me as to what's going on there. Okay, so like about a week ago, a monolith appeared, metallic, rectangle, sort of like from 2001, A Space Odyssey, but smaller, in a Utah desert. And I, and I forget the name, but it escapes me now. But the Bureau of Land Management swore they didn't put it there. Somebody made a statement saying it was space junk, it, it wasn't alien, but nobody could confirm what it was. And 
if it was space junk, it's, it didn't have any burn marks and landed exactly upright, you know, symmetrically. And then it was, it disappeared overnight and a nature photographer said that they saw who did it and it was, you know, basically like a modern version of the men in black. And then someone else said, no, it was just a bunch of hikers that, that, that took it and, um, and, and, you know, a, a, a bunch of other stories. But so the, the Utah one disappeared. And then one appeared, I may have the order of this one, but one appeared on the other side of the world in Romania. Now, I have read some reports that the one in Romania wasn't quite as well sculpted and may have had some screws in it. So it may have been, you know, human made. And then another one appeared, I, I think, in Colombia. Um, and and one in California, and then the one in California was taken down by uh, sort of like religious advocates who said uh, Christ is superior to aliens, and of course they added in both illegal aliens and outer space aliens and replaced it with a cross, and, and then like they've sort of been popping up, you know, uh, I think one in the UK, and, and you know, a bunch of these are, are likely you know, planted by people, you know, people put them there as a prank or, you know, to get attention or as a tourist kind of thing. But, but a couple of them don't seem to have very good explanations. So, um, you, you may want to, you may want to check that out because it, it, it seems to continue. Now the one in Colombia, by the way, was golden, um, where the other seemed to be more of a, uh, um, cobalt kind of, uh, granite kind of metal. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. In, in other alien news, um, the, head, the former head of the Israeli Space Agency, um, his name is Richard, I'm going to botch this too, Richard Hanania. Uh, he said that um, the Israeli Space Security Program says that aliens exist but that the Israeli space security program anyway doesn't think the humans are ready to uh, communicate them. So really only the governments of the United States and Israel should. Um, and he further went on to say that President Trump found out about it and he was going to go public with it. And and uh, and they convinced him it was too big. I'm sorry, Richard Hanania is the journalist who published this. The person's name is, yeah, this is a much more Israeli-sounding name, Yediot Aha Ronot Ished, maybe? Um, there's a comma after Aha Ronet, so I'm not sure if that's where he's from, or a title, or if that's a last name. I, I, I really don't understand. But this guy, he's not a, he's not a well, I, don't, I was going to say he's not a quack. I, I can't say it for sure, but he did, he was the head of Israeli space security program for nearly 30 years. And he's a three-time recipient of the Israeli Security Award. Um, but he also said that Israel and the U.S. has been dealing with aliens for years, which, you know, to a normal show, that's, that's laughable out of hand. But to our shows, or at least mine, um, that, of course, is consistent. And, and I want to be known that if anyone's listening, I'm ready to collaborate. Mm. Yeah, well, that is consistent with what we've been hearing since the almost the beginning of 2020. Um, you know, with with all the other crap that's been going on with 
and then they declassify first the UFO footage, and then they, what was it, a few months after that, they actually said that the crafts were not of this Earth? Yeah, no, they have confirmed non-Earth-based technology, which right. I don't know what that can mean. Now, this guy is 87 years old, so... I mean, he could be a crazy old man. Maybe something snapped. So listen, you know, I don't want to bring your show down with mine. Um, <laughs> but, hey, we're we're only speculating. That's all we can do. We we've got no facts to back any of this up. Right. He also talks about that there might be a secret underground base on Mars, which is crazy because I read something that researchers said that. Aliens may have existed in Mars. Now they were talking about millions of years ago. I think they might have said actually four billion years ago, based on heating patterns of the sun and cooling of, of the planet based on distance. I don't know how they come up with these numbers. But but they did speculate that if the aliens lived there even then, it would have been underground where the magma would have provided the heat and there uh, was underground rivers and water down there or seas to provide the water. So it's funny that um, or serendipitous, he says that there's a secret base on Mars where there's both American and alien representatives. Um, mm. But of course, it did coincide, according to him, this this gentleman again, who it does look like his last name is a Ahead or Ahmed, um, that uh, this coincided with uh, Trump's creation of the Space Force as the fifth branch of the United States Armed Forces. So, you know. There you have it. There's uh, action and a reaction. Um, so, hey, there's something. Yeah, and um, I think Elon Musk said people will be going to Mars as early as 2030. I, I read that somewhere, I think online, actually. Well, Elon Musk also said that uh, he would consider himself to be the, you know, if he got there first, he could declare himself the king of Mars as well. Um, and, you know, I guess there's really nothing to say that he's wrong. Hey, the first one there. I guess uh, it's dibs. Pretty much. It's like the old Daffy Duck cartoons where he the Duck Dodgers, where he declares himself, uh, he declares his plan in the name of the Earth, and Marvin Martian's already there and says, no, it's this is, uh, I declare this planet in the name of Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I mean, if you get there first and plant your flag, uh, how are you going to contest that? I mean, that doesn't really fall under the jurisdiction of anything. I mean, no, that's not. all the rules are thrown out the window there. Yeah, I mean, we have enough confusion in the oceans and in the Arctic and the Antarctic. And, and listen, we have enough trouble when, you know, when you're navigating the the state road to get to the military base, you know, which is federal, to figure out who has jurisdiction. There was a, a case, I don't know if you remember that a few years ago, that like these duck boats went down, but it was the, the, the captain or the pilot was negligent. And by duck boats, I mean the touristy ones, not like they were hunting ducks or anything. And it was just thrown out of federal court. The, the, the charges, I don't know if they were civil or criminal, but the judge said that, that the federal courts had no jurisdiction over, you know, the, the state waters. And I, and I guess the lawyers wanted a federal court saying that federal admiralty laws applied because it was on a, uh, a waterway, which, you know, was not under any state jurisdiction. And the, and the 
court said, no, no, that, that's not it. Now, if anyone's a scholar in following this case and I got something wrong on technicality that, that I, I only got, I didn't look into this past the scroll on the CNN ticker or MSNBC, whatever channel I, I was watching, but this, this just sort of hit me as uh, issues with jurisdiction. But yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly not bound by the law of earth. It's, it's just bound by the law of good faith or bad faith. It was a, whoever's got the, the most guns and is there first. Yeah. So I declare this planet Mars in the name of Elon. Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's not, uh, well, the entirety of human history to show that uh, conquest and, you know, uh, you know, appropriation is, is one of those things. Speaking of, of strange cultural appropriation, because I know that's sort of a thing now that people are pointing out, but as it turns out, the the DNA evidence has revealed that the origin of the Stonehenge builders, and and not as forced labor, but as the inspirations for Stone, excuse me, Stonehenge, and likely a lot of the other henges found throughout the UK, were not Celts. They weren't Gaelic. They weren't ca even Caucasian. They were Turkic peoples who had migrated uh, to Britain some six or seven thousand years um, BC. Um, which actually sort of makes sense because the oldest cities that they're finding going back to 12 and 14,000 years old are in Turkey and, and a lot of the structures are similar. They're actually superior in, in, in Turkey um, to just circles, but uh, it does sort of explain sort of the commonality that, that people sort of wandered. Um, I guess they lost their some of their Turkic nature over time through, uh, I guess, uh, breeding over the eons. But that was, I just thought that was really a little bit cray cray as well. That that was, that, that took me by surprise. Yeah, the last I heard of it was that they didn't know who built it and they there was um, a lot of speculation that it was built by people, well, aliens, basically. Yeah, there's still, uh, you know, I mean, there's plenty of theories as to how they got the the big stones there. I mean, they've got the, the I think they call them the, the lentils and the and the capstones, and they're made of different uh, type of stone. And some are have been identified from quarries some 90 miles or kilometers away in Wales. So they had to cross over, you know, basically a mountain range with these rocks without you know tools, and it was sort of beyond what horses could do. So um, but there's theories on how to make it possible, but uh, this this doesn't go anywhere to necessarily answer that. But um, I, 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 there was a time where I read a bunch of different books on Stonehenge, and there were a few different theories, and you know, some were like, but basically, they feel the prevailing belief is that the construction took place over 500 to a thousand years, and not like in one or two generations. So. It mm -hmm. makes it a little bit easier to wrap your arms around. Yeah, and the thing with that, too, is um, um, not the same as the pyramids where, you know, people were working to do that, but those uh, the stones at Stonehenge didn't weigh as much, so they might have been a little bit easier to carry, a little easier to lift. You know, they had uh, the pulleys and stuff like that where they could pick them up. So... Like, it, it's not that far-fetched to think that, yes, people actually put that together. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. The the pyramids, I would say, are definitely more of a phenomenal because they were, you know, they were geomet geometrically sound. They're a much larger scale, and they also basically engineered with the you know chambers uh, inside. Um, there was also another story on, uh, you know, speaking of pyramids, but not the Egyptian pyramids, the Aztec pyramids, which, uh, it, and it looks like more and more of the pyramids throughout South America and, and Mesoamerica, maybe as old or, or older, maybe significantly older than Egypt. But uh, there was a ancient Aztec, well, ancient, an Aztec legend that says that there were seven giants uh, and, and they built the pyramids, which I mean, you know me about giants and the Nephilim and Anunnaki and all that, you know, all being one and the same and maybe being ancient aliens. But uh, so they had seven giants and they have names, but the, the one in particular is, is uh, well, I'm going to say Exhua, but it's X-E-L-H-U-A if anybody wants to look. I'm going to call it a him, uh, I, you know, but gender is not specific. Uh, in, in giants that I know of, but uh, did you ever look the pronunciation of that? Because I think the X is represented as like maybe a a Z, like in xylophone, maybe or even an S sound. But uh, what's the spelling for that? It is X E L H U A. So Zelhua or Zelhua. Um, that does that does make it easier to say than X. Yeah. Hmm. Because yeah, I'm I'm looking for a pronunciation. But you can confirm there was a, one of the seven giants of of Aztec lore. Yes. Uh, he escaped the flood by ascending the mountain of I can't even pronounce that, so I'm not going to try. Better man than me. <laughs> um. Yeah. I wish they had pronunciations for this, uh, like phonetically sound pronunciations. But I'm not seeing any. But another flood. Yeah, another flood. And you know what? Oh, I wanted to bring that up because I was playing Assassin's Creed Origins, and it takes place in Egypt during the reign of King Ptolemy um, and Cleopatra. And I don't know if that happened at the same time. But like some of the areas that I was exploring when you're you're looking through Egypt and you're riding on your horse and everything and it's supposed to be like a almost accurate picture of Egypt at that time and it looks like they're just dry lake beds i mean it looks like that whole area was there used to be oceans there and now they're not and that made me think of like did we have more water um so many maybe hundreds of thousands of years ago and then it kind of dried up or was there actual floods in certain areas after the ice age had come to pass you know and all that all that ice melted into water and so it just you know kind of flooded the world well i think that you have both and i think it depends on where and when you're talking about i mean definitely land uh levels rise and fall i mean there's um well, they call it Lemuria now, or maybe it's been called Lemuria for a while, but they, they found a lot of cities uh, sort of between the 
South Pacific islands and, and all the way uh, like uh, around the seas around Northeast Australia, uh, going up into Asia, and they, they found ruins uh, of underground towns and cities, and a lot of them look like they're similar construction types and, and similar uh, carvings and whatnot that would make you whatnot. I have to put a dollar in the whatnot jar. Um, but to make it uh, at least appear, you know, it's underwater, so it's hard to discern anything for sure, but that it was the same people or at least similar related people. And that sort of goes to some old myths and also some DNA that, um, that there was South Pacific migration to South America. Uh, and there's a lot of commonalities there as well, but also they found what would be now called South Pacific and South American DNA in the oldest Native American, well, North American Native American DNA they found was, which was a, a 17,000 year old male and the DNA seemed to be indicate uh, either South American or I'm just gonna say Polynesian because I don't know what the better term is. Um, and it was sort of a, a little bit of both. and you know, that was sort of consistent with that. And and that also falls into, you know, Lemuria, the lost continent was Malora, was Lemuria, really Atlantis, because also there's a legend from South America of some place called Atlan, and Atlan means something in some Andean languages. So Atlan sounds like Atlantis, but I mean, I, I, I don't think that they, that, that they that they are. I mean, first of all, it doesn't make any sense as to the description of where Atlantis is. But secondly, why, if there was one city or society even somewhat like Atlantis, why only one? I mean, why would there, why not be others around the world? And we might be completely off the mark thinking that these were underwater people. I mean, their city might be underwater now, but perhaps it was, you know, high above. Water. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. The, no, the, the point was, I guess I never got to it, is that, is that that was dry land at the time. Ah, okay, okay. The, the, the sea levels, it's about 400 either feet or meters, uh, and that the sea levels were lower at the time for whatever reason. Um, now, I don't know if there were, you know, underground volcanic activity or, or earthquakes or if it was just a sea level change like you were talking about that, that more water came after you know after the floods or you know some other situation i don't know enough about it but no these, these were these were you know that was sea level then oh okay so no it's not it's not underwater people there's you know they didn't live in a dome or have gills or anything yeah <laughs> we're thinking of aquaman here yeah no 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 aquaman these were regular homo sapiens sapiens at least as far as we know yeah but yeah, but a lot of stuff like that. I mean, there's there's so much and, you know, and then, you know, when you're like us and you sort of visit a lot of these different topics, you know, you jump around a little bit, you sort of get that Robin Williams brain where you start connecting dots all over the place, even when they don't need to be connected. But but yeah, that, that just struck me as interesting because, you know, there's there's always there's always giants, there's always pyramids, there's always floods. Um, and, and but I still haven't gotten past this whole Lilith and hidden children thing. I have to look into that a little more. And this whole Samuel thing, I, I have a feeling that tomorrow I'm going to be pretending that I'm a biblical scholar for you know what I'm supposed to be doing other things. Yeah, you're going to go to what, what's that called when um, you're going to be 
you're going to be a reverend or a priest or something and you have to attend what is it is that seminary well there's seminary but i there's but there's also i mean there's theology schools there's i, I mean i said earlier i went to emory and emory has a theology school for it's i mean i guess at its heart it's a methodist university and uh, it has a very well-renowned theology school for uh, methodist clergy um so yeah there's seminary i think seminary is catholic um so i mean i guess it depends what religion you are what sect you are i don't know enough about it but yeah seminary theological uh, theological i called it the um divinity school earlier but uh, you know i here in baltimore not too far there is or was a talmudical academy nearby which is why i was really disappointed in that that um acquaintance we had because he lives in that area um so i figured for sure he'd know you know some somebody whose kid or kids went to that school and was, you know, doing their paper on something. But uh, I guess I need not air my disappointment here. And again, I, I'm probably guilty of a stereotype there, thinking that all, or, you know, religious Orthodox people were also, you know, always busy studying, you know, Bible and Talmud and stuff. I, you know, I guess maybe they're not. Or maybe they forget just like everybody else. Yeah, or maybe it's a secret. And they're not allowed to tell you. Oh, that's even better. I like that. Secret society. Yeah, I, I like that, that I'm not allowed to know that actually we, we could definitely, they actually completely know, and he's laughing about it with all his friends right now. <laughs> this fool thought that he was going to go on a podcast and reveal the Dead Sea Scroll secrets and information on the feeling. Because, I mean, you know, obviously they're talking to the aliens right now and, and giggling about it. Oh, did I sent something in the chat. I sent a link. Did you get that? Yes. Okay, so we've got the four... Uh, the first thing that came up when I looked for the connection between Samael and Lilith. Okay, so I can do this without ruining our connection? Um, I think so. Okay, well, good. <laughs> the four consorts of Samael. <laughs> oh, well, this is a Satanist link, so... Um... Yeah, as soon as I pulled it up, it is like, like I said, it, um, Samael and Lilith are pretty much considered left-hand path material. So if you were looking for anything non-satanic, then you're probably not going to really find it. Those Listen, are the first things that really pop up. It had me at the first five words. According to Zohar Kabbalah text, I mean, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, this is for me. So... Four women who mated with the archangel Samael, Lilith, Agrat Bat Malat, Elsheth Zenumin, and Nema. I think I've heard Nema ah, before. Nema, the princess of hell. Mm. Three were said to have already been fallen angels, Ooh. while one was a mortal woman who fled the Garden of Eden as a demon due to whispering a secret name. And I'm guessing that would be Lilith. Could be. They became the queens of hell, and all four have begot with Samuel. I think that means having kids. All but Lilith bore children. Lilith instead spawned offspring called Lilim or Lithu. I wonder if that has anything to do with Cthulhu, Lithu? Um, hmm. Even though it's an I, not a U, but, you know, maybe. Children of Night Terror. So there you go. There's your mother of, mon of monsters. Yeah. 
the others, the other offspring, the others offspring, it's missing a, an apostrophe somewhere, were called the oracles of divinity. Well, we don't expect our Satanists to be grammar uh, kings. The or they don't subscribe to the laws of, of Earth either. The oracles of divinity and sacred prostitution. Wow, that just went to a very weird place. Yeah, very quickly as well. Uh, Lilith apparently is the most well-known succubi. Hmm. Yeah, this this may be a whole show on its own. This um, is a bit of a mark here. I mean, some of it rings true to the stuff that I've looked into in the past, but hmm, I don't know about the uh, the prostitution angels and etc. etc. I might have pulled up a a very bad page. See, this is the thing. I don't know where this stuff comes. Well, it says the Zohar Kabbalah or Kabbalah, but like, who wrote that? When did they write it? I mean, this is one of the things when, I, when we were talking about the Norse or earlier in the day when I was doing a little bit of research, I was trying to figure out which came first. And it's very difficult because Norse tradition is mostly oral and most of it didn't get written at all until like the 1300s, you know, a common era. Um, and, you know, most you know, knowledge of the, of the, we'll just call them the Vikings to keep it easy, uh, was sort of like from the 7th and 8th centuries AD. But obviously the, the, the stories were already there, but the general consensus seems to be that it, it was a, you know, Norse mythology is an AD phenomenon, the, you know, sort of maybe four or 500 um, AD, uh, something like that. But, but, who really knows? Because again, it's an oral tradition. Whereas the, you know, the Bible, of course, was written later, and the Gospels were written, you know, around I think it was like 331 A.D. But the five books of Moses are generally considered to have been written about 3,600 years ago, somewhere around there uh, from now. Uh, but of course, the story took place uh, well around the same time, I guess. So. Um, but of course they refer to things that are much older, but 3,600 years ago, it would have been about 13, 1,400 years BC. So chances are the, the, the Bible was written first before the Norse origin. The question is, did, did it make its way up that far north to, you know, who copied who, or is it just a coincidence or, you know, or were, you know, two of the first visitors, you know, 20,000 years ago named, uh, you know, A and E. Yeah. Well, you know, one of those things that I think about, um, I go back to my school days where our, I think it was our science teacher or the geography teacher, whatever. They used to tell us that, you know, the tectonic plate shift and move at certain points in time. And so the earth looked a whole lot different you know, even 30,000 years ago. So uh, lands may have been closer together or all a part of one another. And traversing that distance would not be the same as we're looking at it today. I think that that's sort of right. I think that tectonic plates move a lot more slowly than that usually. But sea levels and climates were very different so it is entirely possible that, that there was much more land like you know lemuria like there was there might have been more land connectivity between you know what we think about as australia now and southeast asia and there's no reason to think that that didn't extend further east 
you know, in, into the, you know, what are now South Pacific islands. And, you know, maybe all those islands weren't islands and, and, but the ones that were, were easy sort of rest stops to, mm -hmm. to make their way to South America. And who's to say that there was another sort of land that was, you know, that there was at what was then sea level, that's now below sea level, because we haven't explored, you know, even close to 10% of the ocean, let alone the ocean floor. So, who knows what else is down there? But I, I am definitely going to spend more time reading this this page of this site, and I have a bad feeling that this is going to take me to lots of other pages as well. Um, but maybe I'll find the not satanic version of it as well. Not because I'm trying to avoid the not satanic the satanic version, but you know there may be a, another version as well. Um, maybe a less gothy type version of it. Yeah, well, I don't mind the goth. I'm, I'm, I'm just confused if you know Samael is so there. I mean, the the one person who person who's not named here is Lucifer. I mean, I've uh, in skimming this page, I haven't seen the word Lucifer anywhere. And Lucifer was the you know big archangel, and you know Lucifer is Satan as far as I know. Yeah. See, I don't know that. I would, I would think he would come into play in this story somewhere. Maybe not, though, especially if Lilith was the first wife of Adam and Samael is one of the angels who came down to mate with the daughters of man. Um, hmm. Yeah, it could be it could be an entirely different story, like an entirely different book. Yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right about that. Here's something that, that, and I don't know that you know the answer to this too, but here's a couple different things I've heard. So again, all this, you know, war between Lucifer and God, you know, it, it's not really in the Bible. It's sort of in other places, um, you know, and, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls apparently have some information. The Book of Enoch has some information. Uh, the, uh, the Zohar, Kabbalah has some information, and there must be others as well. You know, everyone has the legends about what's in the Vatican libraries and the Library of Alexandria and, and Templar libraries and whatnot. There I go with whatnot again, another dollar into the whatnot jar. Um, but so here's what I heard is that there were three groups of angels. So there were God and, you know, his angels to, you know, the good guys. And then there were lucifer and his angels which you know now you know they lost they went to the underworld the you know hell and they're now demons so what i so what i'm not clear about is who if there was a third batch because i heard that there was a third batch and they were the nephilim and they initially sided with lucifer but then changed their mind and said no nah, no nah, god we want to come back to you and god said no you know, you 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 betrayed me, but you know I'm not going to send you to hell. So I'm going to stick you down on earth. And and they were the Nephilim, so they were basically fallen angels, angels, but didn't fall all the way. But others say no, the Nephilim are the offspring of the angels and the daughters of Adam. So that's part of my confusion because I've heard both stories, and I'm not sure which one is true because I didn't go to divinity school. Yeah, there, there are so many variations of it. It's confusing and you get tangled up in the weeds very easily. 
I know I do. I, I would think that something that big, there should be some sort of consensus. I mean, even if even if it's nonsense, that just you know, uh, you know, some popes in the you know 600s agreed that you know some popes. There's one pope at the time, but you know the the cardinal, the College of Cardinals or whatever, decided upon one version and decided that was canon. Maybe maybe there is one, and I don't know it, but I mean, I have looked. I haven't looked, but when you consider of um, the considerable amount of religious denominations that fight amongst each other and are always at each other's throats and they've got their own versions of the story, it's a little hard to kind of nail one down. This is true. You make a good point there, Bobby Blades. That's why you cut like a knife. <laughs> does, that, does anyone ever come to you and say the Blades itself incites violence? Uh, nope. Yeah, that's a that's a great quote from Homer. It's from the from the Iliad. Ah, okay. Uh, that's one I've got to get to reading again because I haven't read it since my junior high days. <laughs> Good luck with that. That's about eleven 1, hundred pages long. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the the quote is the blade itself incites violence, which you know is you know holds true today as equally as it did then, uh, maybe even more so. Uh, and uh, you can expect people to be on the offensive or the defensive. That can be the name of this this episode. The blades itself incites violence. Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> See, I have to remind myself to do this because the two shows I recorded myself and put up. First of all, I, I didn't change the the episode names. One time I forgot entirely. The other time I did put an episode name, but. Or I think both times I, I didn't like remove like the file, whatever those combination of letters are that tells you it's a computer file. So that's on there. And both times I forgot to do a show description. I did see that. Yeah. 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 Like Shaheen was, was, if there's any beef between me and Shaheen, it's about that. He was, he was none too pleased with, with my failures on that. And so uh, you got to name the MP3s, man. Yeah. I, I was, I was just so proud of myself for actually getting them done and posted you know within 24 hours of recording them and one of them i botched the first recording so i had to do the whole show over again now as it turns out that was probably a good thing because the second version felt better felt more natural more flow and you know the first one almost was like a rehearsal um but still <laughs> that was a good part of my sunday you know and you know i doubled the amount of time i was planning to uh put on it but um I don't know, but I'll get there eventually, I, I suppose. And by the time I get there, we'll switch platforms. Yeah, with that, I think we're going to get started and wrapping things up, though. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's cool. Yeah, we've, we've been riffing a long time here. And then uh, very interesting conversation, probably more questions than answers. But that's OK. That That's sort of the nature of this type of the beast of this type of show. Yeah, definitely a lot more questions, but uh... We always tend to ask more questions than we get answered, as I found. That's okay. I, th I think that uh, I think if we came up with answers that were definitive, we'd, we'd be liars because, as you said, there's so many different versions and there's so much, you know, uh, you know, telephone played over. I mean, in some cases, millennia, and, and in a lot of cases, pre-written history, millennia. So I think we get a pass for that. Yeah, and if we did have the answers, we would probably be in trouble because we know things that we're not supposed to know. Well, or we would be overlords. 
And probably not doing podcasts for free. <laughs> no, no, we we definitely be pulling in the money for that. Yeah, yeah, in souls at least. So yeah, um, I'm gonna shut up now and let you do your normal uh, closing routine. Uh, well, actually, I was gonna hand it over to you so you can plug your show, plug uh, whatever it is that you need to plug. You are a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you, Bobby Blades. Um, first of all, I would like to thank Bobby Blades and Bobby Anthem for their courtesy and inviting me onto their fine show. Um, my, I have two podcasts. One is called Garden of Doom, which is a kindred spirit to this show. So if you like the Inhuman experience, I think you're going to like Garden of Doom as well. And, you know, I, I don't think either one of us thinks that you need to choose one. We're different shows. We cover some of the same topics, but also different topics. And, you know, they, they do more of a deep dive usually. We're more of a magazine show, uh, sort of a, a variety, and we sort of jump around a little bit. Um, but I also have a pro wrestling podcast. If you're interested in pro wrestling, it's called Hammerlock Hangover. Um, and we have about seven episodes, and people are enjoying it, getting a lot of good feedback. And uh, we, we cover the basics, but we also do do deep dives sort of into business and sort of uh, legal aspects involving wrestling. So, we're, you know, if you already get your Raw and SmackDown and Dynamite reviews and whatnot, you know, we're going to, there's whatnot again. We'll do a little bit of that, but we're going to focus on the big stories, but we're also going to cover things like guilds and unions and contracts and lawsuits and, and get into some facts. And also we do news around the world. So we try to give you some stuff from some of the smaller promotions so that you're sort of up to date with, with shows because you probably can't watch 93 hours of wrestling a week. I am also part of the Unpopular Review Network, which is a YouTube, Facebook uh, visual podcast, so to speak. So I'm on a couple shows there a week, usually the AEW Dynamite NXT review show 10 day, uh, Wednesday nights usually goes on around 10, 10, 10, 15. You can watch it live or later, of course, and uh, and, and I'm on some other shows as well. Um, that's really good for now. I already said Twitter, Icarus Fell, MD, Garden of Doom, and Hammerlock Hangover both have Facebook pages, not groups, but pages. So feel free to hit me up at any of those places. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to start off on behalf of Bobby Anthem. You can check him out if you haven't had enough of him as it is. He is on Saturday Morning Cartoons. That is Morning with a U. He has his own segment there. Planet Raconteur, they just wrapped up their first season, but it's definitely a must listen. They tell stories of the sci-fi and the strange and just... Uh, just generally awesome stories that are acted out by Bobby Anthem and Papa Dave, and it's produced by Yuck Nasty. There is also in the works, <laughs> I bet I was talking to him about this the other day, trying to get him a podcast host for the anthology, which is a hip hop show with his good friend, Anthony. So he's Bobby Anthem, his friend is Anthony, and they are the anthology. <laughs> and they revisit some, uh, I, I'm thinking it's 90s hip hop. Yeah, because Bobby doesn't really listen to much more than that, which is, you know, it's, uh, you know, our generation, we were, grew up in the 80s and 90s. So yeah, they cover 90s hip hop, I believe. Um, also, there is Inhuman Cafe, which is Bobby Anthem. Jay and myself. It's a cornucopia, a show where we just kind of get together, shoot the shit, talk about movies, talk about TV shows. Sometimes we talk about 
you know, what we did as kids. Just uh, life stuff, you know, pretty cool. A lot of fun. Love doing the show with those guys. And um, as you guys know, this is the season finale of The Inhuman Experience. We have never done a season finale in the two years that we have been podcasting, but it is, the, the time is nigh. We have to do it. And so we look forward to seeing you again when we return, and hopefully that's soon. You can check me out on Old Guy Metalcast. I do that with Jim Vicious from Suplex City Limits. That is on the Inhuman Experience feed, and also it will have its own feed very shortly. So you can probably, you'll be able to find that, you know, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever else. Yeah, that, I do have something in the works, but I can't really speak on it yet. So I'm going to leave that there. But with that, you know, we will see you guys hopefully soon. And uh, thank you, Jeff, once again. It is my pleasure. Thank you. And uh, everyone be well. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint. <laughs>